0: Just a quick reminder as well uh, in relation to prayer that not only are we having the prayer times every uh, second and fourth Sunday of the month on a Tuesday but also before the service uh, on Sundays we have a time where people can gather for prayer In the Crossman room, I got the room right, didn't I? I'll get these rooms right eventually. Uh, In the Crossman room, where you can gather for prayer from 9 till 9.30. You don't have to be there for the whole time on a Sunday morning before the service. But if you'd like to come and still yourself, prepare yourself, uh, pray for the church, pray for the service, pray for one another, then that is a great opportunity to do that. You know, people search for hope in all sorts of places, don't they? And I wonder where you go when you think about hope and when you search for hope, where do you go? You know, one of the gifts that is frequently purchased um, by colleagues at Christmas time is one of those motivational calendars. Have you ever seen those sticking on a wall? Often banks have them and other places like that, schools or wherever, um, they can have these motivational calendars. You've probably seen those ones with some sort of encouraging message connected with an inspirational photo. Perhaps you're one of those people who have one on your wall, in your home or in your office. That calendar that you look to when the going gets tough during the day and you look to it and you're inspired and you have a burst of energy to ponder those words of wisdom that carry you through the rest of the day. Something like dare, with a quote from Seneca. It's not because things are difficult that we do not dare. It is because we do not dare that things are difficult. If you look for hope in a calendar, then stay away from Despair Incorporated with their poking fun at motivational calendars with images such as the Apollo moon landing, where it has the caption, accomplishment. You can fool all of the people all of the time if your effects budget is big enough or large enough. Or five people holding each other's wrists with the caption, committees. Just like teamwork, only without the work. Or four uh, pencils, three of them uh, blunted, one of them quite sharp. And the caption, distinction. Looking sharp is easy when you haven't done any work. Or lastly, one of my favourites, eight forks lying in a row. The third one being bent with the caption, unique. Just because you're unique doesn't mean you're useful. So as I've spent time reflecting on hope, I wanted to, want to suggest to you that you will not necessarily find hope in a motivational calendar, so the search should continue. There used to be a tradition, perhaps some of the girls here have ventured into this area, the tradition of having a hope chest or a glory box. We discover our clues as we look for hope, in the symbolism of the hope chest. Now, can anyone tell me what a hope chest is used for? Not who has the hope chest, but what a hope chest is used for. Anyone got any ideas of what a hope chest is used for? For people, yep. So, putting items in in preparation for a day that's to come for a wedding day, for a marriage. Yeah, that's right. So, if it's used to store up things being prepared for being married, was the hope chest given to someone that was already married or someone that was looking forward to being married? It wasn't given to someone that was already married. If someone who's already married is buying a hope chest, I think you need to start to worry. (laughs) So, if hope chest belongs to someone who is single, it's the hope about the chest It's the hope that the chest represents, that it's symbolic of a person who longs for something that they don't already have. During my visit to Bangladesh, I found signs of hope living next door to signs of despair. In the lives of those who exist with little recognition, the gypsies of northwestern Bangladesh, these people are looked down upon uh, by their fellow people in Bangladesh. They build their mud homes by the Jumana River with the constant threat of wild elephants who will smash through their homes or the threat of floods that will change the course of the Jamuna River and wash away communities which, if they survive the flood, have to start all over again. In the soil of hardship and strife, begging for existence, living day to day, where rich gypsies have the luxury of a mud home with dirt floors and poor families live under a tarp. In the soil soaked with blood, sweat and tears, two seeds are sown, the seed of hope and the seed of despair, and both grow up and reap a harvest in that soil. The harvest of despair often ends with even greater hardship, the loss of living, whereas the hope um, of uh, harvest or the harvest of hope comes through the satisfaction of the deep longings of the soul. As we heard earlier from our reading from Romans chapter 8, verses 24 to 25, we were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something... We don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. You see, you don't find hope in those who already have what they want. Those who have slept well don't hope for rest. Those who have stomachs filled with nutritious meal, a nutritious meal, don't hope for food. Those who are fit and well don't hope for health. For parents like Mortiza and Nazila, they hope not for what they already have, but for things that you already have. Well, they're themes for thanks, not hope. Longing for permanent residency in Australia, knowing and identifying with a sense of place, having the ability to plan for a long-term future, Things that many people take for granted are hopes, longings, dreams for others. When you search for hope, where do you find it? When you look for hope, who carries it? You find hope in those who are tormented, who hope for peace. Those who are suffering and hope for relief. Those who are oppressed are the ones who hope for freedom. Those who cry out are the people who hope that their voice will be heard. Hope is generally not found in those who control their situations, but you will find hope in those who realise that their situation is well outside of their control. You see, hope is a lot like a seed. A seed is not a plant, but the potential of a plant yet to be realized and when we take that seed and when we plant it in the soil it shows us what we've planted our hope in if you've got your bibles with you i'd invite you to turn in your bibles to the book of isaiah the book of isaiah is a is a wonderful story about a challenging situation And a desire for hope. For the people of Judah and Israel, their lives in the time of Isaiah were tough. That's to say the least. Oppression from foreign nations over the years devoured their freedoms. And internal divisions within the nation as well. And sins showed signs, the early signs of the nation moving into this place of self-destruction. Isaiah chapter 1 gives us a description of the state of the nation where we read these words in Isaiah chapter 1, verses 5 through to 8. Why do you continue to invite punishment? Must you rebel forever? Your head is injured and your heart is sick. You are battered from head to foot, covered with bruises, welts and infected wounds without any soothing ointments or bandages. Your country lies in ruins and your towns are burned. Foreigners, plunder your fields before your eyes and destroy everything they see. Beautiful Jerusalem stands abandoned like a watchman's shelter in a vineyard, like a lean-to in a cucumber field after the harvest, like a helpless city under a siege. For around 700 years, the people of Israel and Judah knew what it meant to suffer and struggle for their very survival. A couple of chapters later, in Isaiah chapter 5 verse 30, the landscape is surveyed and the following statement is made. In Isaiah chapter 5 verse 30, If someone looks across the land, only darkness and distress will be seen even the light will be darkened by clouds. For this nation, suffering was like a leech that sucked the life out of the people. As they looked around, darkness before their eyes was thick and distress ran deep. So what does one do when all around is darkness and distress, such that you cannot outrun it, you can't hide from it. Where do you place those seeds of hope? For the nation of Israel, they placed their hope in a variety of things, which ended in vain, ended in false hope. Things like empty religious practices, where worshippers would go through the motions but would find themselves empty-handed, empty-souled, empty-spirited. In Isaiah chapter 1, Verses eleven through to fourteen, we read this: "What makes you think I want all your sacrifices?" says the Lord. "I am sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fatted cattle. I get no pleasure from the bulls, the blood of bulls, and lambs and goats. When you come to worship me, who asked you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony? Stop bringing me meaningless gifts, the incense." of your offerings disgusts me. As as for your celebrations of the new moon and the Sabbath and your special days for fasting, they are all sinful and false. I want no more of your pious meetings. I hate all your new moon celebrations and your annual festivals. They are a burden to me. I cannot stand them. Placing all their hope in each other, was also fraught with failure. In Isaiah chapter 2, verse 22, we read this, don't put your trust in mere humans, they are as frail as breath, what good are they? Self-medication was not the answer either. In Isaiah chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, we read this, what sorrow for those who get up early in the morning looking for a drink of alcohol and spend long evenings drinking wine to make them flaming drunk, make themselves flaming drunk. They furnish wine and lovely music at their grand parties, lyre and harp, tambourines and flute, but they never think about the Lord or notice what He is doing. Chasing after people who would peddle spiritual insight would only deepen their darkness. In Isaiah chapter 8 verse 19, we read this, Someone may say to you, let's ask the mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead with their whispering and mutterings, they will tell us what to do. But shouldn't people ask God for guidance? uh, Should not the living seek guidance from the dead? So the darkness and the distress for the nation remained. Until a voice spoke, though, though it seemed like an eternity and the air was stale and the world around them was bereft of life, though despair was the order of the day and the nation cried out a chorus of woe, a voice spoke. While there were those who only spoke doom and gloom and hearts were faint. A voice spoke. And this is what that voice said. In Isaiah chapter 9, nevertheless, even as real as this tough stuff of life is, nevertheless, even though obstacles seem insurmountable, nevertheless, Even though there are those who will say it is all over, all hope is lost. Nevertheless, even though your hearts ache with every beat and your lungs sting as you gasp for air, for your very breath, nevertheless, nevertheless, this is not the final word. Nevertheless, this is not how it will end. In Isaiah chapter 9 verses 1 to 7, we read these words, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warriors and the uniforms blood-stained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. For the nation of Israel who had tried time and time again to change their situation, who had sown the seeds of hope in all sorts of things only to find it turn up as a barren wasteland. Giving up was a very real option. But into this situation, God spoke through His prophet Isaiah. Not to deny what is, not to deny the reality of the tough stuff of life, but to nevertheless speak life of what will be. So what about us? What about you and me? For many of us, this year has been a challenging year with times of pain, of frustration, of darkness and despair. In those times, we can look to all sorts of things to realise our hope. We can think that religious rituals... Are the answer, and yet come away without any sense of relief. Hope placed in the strength and wisdom of others can be a good support, but there will be times when we will fail one another. Numbing the pain through self medication of drowning your sorrows, spending money, or chasing some other dopamine fix. But when the self medication stops, the reality still looms large but into those, our lives, where we find times of darkness and despair, God still speaks to a fragile hope, our fragile hope of nevertheless. Nevertheless, your time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. If you are struggling today, then God says, nevertheless, there is a reason to hope. It will not always be this way. What is happening now, the tough stuff of life, will not go on forever. Are you experiencing darkness? Nevertheless, light is coming. Are you experiencing despair? Nevertheless, confidence will be yours again. Are you feeling trapped? Nevertheless, freedom will be yours. Are you feeling burdened? Nevertheless, relief is on its way. But how can this be? It can be because we celebrate the Advent, the coming, the birth, not just of a child, but of our Saviour and King. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. And the same God who spoke the universe into existence gives you this promise today. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. So today, on this first Sunday of Advent, where we prepare to celebrate the first coming of, of the son of god and remember his promise to come again for all those who love him and accept him as king jesus to make things right do you find yourself at this time with hope wavering wondering whether this could really be true of you is hope fragile in your life and you're concerned that perhaps the hope that you have is not enough may you know that hope that is but a shadow of what it used to be, that that hope placed in Jesus will never be despised or forsaken. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 20 and 21, we read of Jesus' love and tenderness towards you today. Matthew 12, 20 and 21 reads this, He does not crush the wheat or quench The smallest hope. He will end all conflict with his final victory, and his name shall be the hope of all the world. In the Christian calendar, today, the first Sunday of Advent, is the beginning of a brand new year. That there has been a heaviness for you over this past year? Has there been periods of darkness and despair? And perhaps for you, this year has seen you just go through the rough and tumble of life and it's getting the better of you. Perhaps you're feeling weak. Perhaps your hope is so, so very small. Then can I encourage you to plant that fragile seed of hope in Jesus who will tenderly love you, care for you and protect you to the very end. And as the storms of life hit, may your hope in Christ be the anchor for your soul. We have an opportunity to respond to the message of hope today. And I wonder, what do you hope for? I'd invite you to take out those response cards. And on the back of that card, the response card where it says, dear God, I would encourage you to to write a prayer of hope for this coming year. You can text, you can email it, you can write it down on the card. But for 2018, for the year ahead, what is your hope? And would you prayerfully commit that to God? There's going to be some music played. And then at the end of that um, music being played, Matt and the team will come back. They'll lead us in our final song. And I'll collect those response cards then. But may your hope be placed in Jesus. God bless you.